Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 55, Dream Advocates for Your Marriage. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode where we are going to discuss the awesomeness of us being the advocates for the dreams that you have for your marriage and for your life, but in particular, for your marriage. Advocates is a good word. I know. (laughs) So I kind of surprised Nick with the title of this episode, even though we had already discussed what we were going to talk about. Um, But the first time I had heard the term dream advocates was probably about a month ago when I was listening to a coach. And she was a coach that was talking specifically about building your business. And her name is Stacey Bayman. So shout out to her because I thought it was awesome. When she said dream advocate, I was like, that's what I want. I want a dream advocate. I want to advocate for people, you know, fulfilling their dreams. Yeah. And we all have dreams about our marriage. And no matter where we are in our marriage and whether we're newlyweds or we've been married for a really long time or we're somewhere right in between, I think we all still have dreams for what we want our marriage to be. And so I love this concept of being able to be a dream advocate for marriage and for intimacy. And the way we do that is through, you know, using these life coaching skills. We want to give everyone a little sneak peek into what some of our future programs are going to look like. And so we thought this would be a really good idea to so that everyone could get a feel of some of the specifics. Not, not all of them, but just a little taste, a taste of the good life. Um, a taste of how we can help advocate for your dreams. These are your dreams, not ours. And I think that'll, I think that needs to become clear through this is that we're, we're helping you or whoever is open to help. We're helping you to fulfill those things that you want for your life. Right. And I think in today's world, there's so much chaos and there's so much noise and so many conflicting messages that, man, it can be really hard to even know what advice to follow for marriage. You may be looking really hard and reading self-help books and praying and reading scriptures and trying to have good discussions and still find that there's a lot of frustration with little progress. Even Deepak Chopra doesn't have all the answers, right? Deepak, I love him. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, But I think moving forward, we are going to need strong marriages. We're going to need strong marriages for our communities, even for our neighbors, for our kids, even for ourselves. This is such a foundation. And when we are able to have a strong marriage 
and that relationship is on solid ground, it's almost as if we can really conquer whatever else comes our way. I don't like how you use the word almost. <laughs> totally conquer. Totally conquer. This is the way that we conquer. Yes, it is the way. And one thing I really like about the life coaching approach, and you and I were discussing this earlier, is that and it has to tie in with the dreams, right? Everyone has their own dreams for their marriage. And life coaching, we don't tell you what to do. We don't tell you what your dream is for your marriage. You have that idea in mind. You get to have that dream. And then we help you accomplish those dreams in your marriage. Isn't it interesting, though, that when we talk about marriage, we say you have these dreams, but you have to deal with another person also. <laughs> so there's like two yous that should be one or more one than you are. And then reconciling the differences as individuals, I think, is a beautiful thing, but it also makes it challenging. Right. And so... As you and I were have been discussing this, especially over this last week or so, you had come across something that I thought was very interesting. And so I wanted you to be able to talk about this for a little bit that had to do with all the research that we were doing with um, relationship coaching, or I shouldn't say coaching, self-help um, books, programs about marriage, about relationships that are out there now because I definitely have read quite a few books about this. And we have discovered something that I think is really, really important to bring up about the difference of what is out there. I would say 90, 95% of what is out there and why people still come to us when there is so much stuff available out there. So why don't you go ahead and talk about that for a little bit? Well, there's a lot of money spent on behavioral altering methods. And, you know, when you look at Western psychology um, and self-help, most of the material out there is, is very much focused on changing behavior. And changing behavior is important, and we need to, you know, sometimes we need to fake it till we make it. But the, the research that's been done and the studies that have been done on the the methods that work when it comes to helping people to really uh, supplement, not even supplement, but to clarify kind of the the reality of human nature, along with you know the spirituality that people have and the um, the religion that is so important, and that's that's always got to you know for for people who are religious that has to be number one, and and those those belief systems are filled with all the answers. But there is also a, um, I think there's a part of life where we need to learn some practical skills, how to apply that spirituality in a way that makes it most effective as quickly as possible and helps us reconcile some of the, um, you know, some of the psychological and um, philosophical realities. I think there's a lot of garbage out there when it comes to psychology, and there's a lot of garbage out there when it comes to philosophy. But I do think that learning how to think certain ways and learning how to adjust our thinking, it comes down to our conviction and our beliefs and what we deem possible or even... <laughs> 
things that we should do that we don't even want to do. And, you know, our religion um, can take us all the way, but there, there's no doubt in my mind, and this is something that I've come to believe, and that is that I think that there's truth all around us, and it's kind of like the example of, you know, uh, somebody who, you know, depends on medicine for, you know, healing, right? Like we can't, we're not, we're not going to say unless, I mean, there's a couple of religions out there that would say this, but, you know, you wouldn't say, well, you know, I believe in God. And so I'm not going to rely on modern medicine to heal my child if they have cancer or if they have a, a disease, right? So he is... And when I say he, I, I'm just going to say, just generally speaking, um, God is very aware of the fact that, you know, all of his children are here and he wants to help and he's, he's going to help in many, many ways. And he gives us the opportunity to help other people. And so I'm not a prophet. I'm not somebody who is writing scripture and I don't, I'm not an authority in my church. I'm not. I have no authority to tell anybody in my church what to do. Um, I can invite people to consider certain things and I can share my experience. And then I, on a professional level, I can share the things that I've learned. And I guess my point is, believe whatever you want to believe. That is your right to have a belief system that you do. I want to help you believe that even more than you do, whatever it is. I want to help you to see the fruits of that belief system. And the way that I can help you do that, along with the way that Shelly can help you do that, is an incredible eye-opening journey that we're going to help take you on. And it's built on practical, rational questions and an advocacy and the helpfulness that helps you to really consider the things that maybe you haven't considered um, about how to really effectively grow that fruit that is delicious. And we know that we are not the source of that fruit, the ultimate source. We're just there to help you on your, I guess it's the, the agriculture side, right? The actual like, you know, how to how to really make this effective in your life. So again, like usual, those are too many words, but I mean, generally speaking, we don't, we don't really want to talk about just behavior. We want to talk about what underlies that, our thought processes, but also from my perspective, I think I'll, I'll definitely be focusing more on the male perspective and I guess one of the things that we realized is when Shelly, you know, was starting this whole process, she wanted to help marriages and she has focused on the, the female side of that, right? Like the things that females deal with and they're thinking. And I think that men and women deal with much of the same things. Ultimately they deal with the same you know, reality. But my, my goal in this is to, be helpful in a way that may, may be more geared toward men and the things that they are challenged with and the things that underlie the intimacy challenges and the relationship and communication challenges that all marriages face. But I'll tell you right now, 
as as much as you know we we know that we can bring spirituality into our marriage and that can help us with the ultimate goals that we have and we can be aligned in many ways the way that we can help can be customized to men and women and and most of the time churches don't do that and i shouldn't say that they don't because you know as you're inspired by the spirit you're going to be helped individually but this is an approach that is geared toward both the men and the women. And really what we want to do is bring you in individually and to help you start off individually. And when you're ready to come together and to, to turn that education into something that you do together, I know that when you're willing to do that and we're able to do that, in a way that is is going to be directly and immediately impacted by one another, it's going to blow your mind. And I think your mind's going to be blown before you even get to that point. But we will get there. And so I'll let Shelly talk again, but I, I'm, I'm sure she has other questions for me about you know, the methodology that I'm going to be using. Um, but I think generally speaking, those are the things that I've discovered and those are the, the things that I think that are fabulous about this opportunity. And there is nothing in the world that I would rather do. You know, I spent 14 years in a, in a career in healthcare as an executive. And, and my focus was leadership development, probably more than anything else. You know, I knew everything that you can know about nursing homes without being a nurse or a physician, but the administration of that as great as it is and how wonderful it is to help leaders there. I wanted to expand that to help in particular people in their personal lives, even though I'm still going to coach people in their professional lives. And as you'll see, the methodology that I use, the uh, really the scientifically backed way that, that this, um, this school of, of coaching um, approaches this, it, it applies to the professional life, the personal life, really all aspects of life. But I actually do think that it is a little bit more geared toward the things that men normally are faced with and the challenges that they have. That does not mean that it is not, it wouldn't be good for a woman. It is, absolutely. But when we're talking about marriage here, that's our focus in this podcast. And I am, I am more and more excited every single day to be a part of something that I hope can, can help strengthen millions of people's lives or more. You know, I'm not going to limit us at all. And I think that, um, you know, the butterfly effect is in full force here, right? There's, there's going to be an impact that you have on other people. And so if we can help you, you're going to help other people. And it's just going to, it's going to be a chain reaction. So I'll stop there. If I didn't answer any questions, please (laughs) tell me that I failed. (laughs) No, you did great. Um, It just reminded me of, you know, uh, the behavior based approach to things, because I remember, you know, I got my degree in marriage, family and human development from BYU. And I loved, 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 loved all my classes. And I remember in particular reading one book for one of my classes that was, um, had to do about relationships and, and it did something that was, that you find very typical in, marriage books where it's kind of like make a list 
of, you know, maybe the top three or top five things you would like your spouse to do. So each spouse is supposed to do this. So I make a list for you of the things that I want you to do different and you make a list for me. Now, when I was taking this class, I mean, we were not, I think we had been married, what, five years or something. Mm -hmm. Marriage was going pretty well. We had a kid and I would say, I don't think we had like major marriage problems. I was in a good place. I was super excited about the classes. I was like, yeah, we're going to do these lists and we're going to exchange them and, and we're going to take our marriage up to the next level. Right. And so yeah. we made, we made our list and gave them to each other. And then what happened? Nothing. <laughs> and I remember like even questioning myself, like, really? Like you love him. Why is this list so hard for you to do? Like, why can't you do it? And this is what I get. You still can't do it. I know. I, and I'll never do it. I'll never do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but this is what I see all the time is like, it. that's behavior based, right? And we may have all good intentions like, oh, well, you know, I'm trying to serve. I'm trying to be a good wife. and Or sacrifice. Sacrifice. Or it's my stewardship, right? We We try to replace. Or just have like these good mantras, right? My duty. And we try. And we try with real intent. And I I can honestly say my intent was the highest that it could have been. And I still couldn't do the list. And that was very interesting for me. And I didn't understand why at that time. This is long before I became a life coach. And so I knew that there was something there that had yet to be discovered. There was a problem to be solved. I just didn't know how to solve it. And it actually probably, that's probably when we actually had some challenges more than we did even in the past. I think it opened up some, some things because if you're not, if you can't do that list and you're telling me, you came from your school saying, hey, we got, we got to do these lists. I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll do it. And so I'm doing the same thing. But at the same time, you asked me to do this. And you can't even complete your list? Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. I guess you don't love me, and then you're just doing this as all BS. Yeah. It was very, a very interesting situation to be in. Um, and I wasn't getting any more action. <laughs> what were the benefits? <laughs> right. And so I even found myself struggling, like, with the best intentions, went going into the act, that activity wanting to do it full heartedly and I I couldn't do it. And of course now I realize is because I still had my own thought work to do. I needed to go through that process, but that was never in the book, right? They talked about good things, but somehow I was just doing it to do it because the book said it was not really my own thinking behind it or I should say like my own meaningfulness, my own purpose. Well, there's a book called Leadership and Self-Deception. And many of you probably have heard of this book. And I recommend it to anyone that wants to go on a little journey and have some realizations that will scare you about, you know, the reality of you kind know, of where you're at. But this this book is groundbreaking because it goes beyond the behavioral um methods or the schools of thought when it comes to helping people. And basically the bottom line is that there's something deeper than behavior. 
You look at behavior, there's something deeper than that. And the, and the book calls it way of being. And it really is who we really are and what our intentions are and, and who we are changing into as a person. And, and there are a lot of ways that we can get thrown into this place where we are, we're smiling, we're doing nice things and all these behaviors that we're supposed to do, but deep down we're doing them for selfish reasons. And it becomes manipulative in some ways. And, and the reality is that people can pick up on that when you're not being sincere and when it's really not you. And so a better way to live would be to change your way of being, which includes your thoughts and your heart and your emotions and the way you respond to people naturally, right? Without even thinking about it. Because if you have to think about how to respond to somebody when they're doing something that might make you uncomfortable, right? That's... You know, that's when we do things that we wish we hadn't done. So I bring that book up only because I, that's, that was, that was my training for many, many years. And I still believe in those principles, but they're also very abstract. And so I'm excited about this because we can take some, a little, I think, I think a little little more practical approach in helping um, those that we're able to work with to have some really straightforward tools and some uh, some methods to point out really quickly kind of where they're at and why things aren't working. And and there's a lot more to this, but again, this is a little taste, like mm. Shelly said. Right. So that brings me to the next point um, where I think it would be awesome for us to just give a little taste to anyone that's listening about some of these important questions that we ask when we're working with a client or as we're going to develop these courses that anyone who takes the course will go through this process of being asked these questions. And I know from my training at the Life Coach School, it's very interesting because we do what's called a thought download. And so that's kind of the process where we start off by asking very specific questions. And the one that I am going to just talk about really quick that I have found very interesting in this thought download process is what are the top three emotions that you are feeling the most on a daily basis? And the reason I find this one very interesting, especially for the women is that we don't, we're so busy sometimes trying to keep up with just the demands of the day and the kids. And if we have a career that sometimes we're not even paying attention to the emotions that we're feeling. We know we're going through emotions, but we're not paying attention to actually defining them throughout the day or taking a step back to say, you know what, what, what are the three emotions that I'm feeling on a consistent basis? And what I have found when I'm working with mainly women at this point is that they're kind of surprised when they actually have to slow down and answer this question. It makes them stop. It makes them think back um, not only to that day that they are in presently, but the day before and then two days before that and the week and the month. And they really have to start narrowing down like, Am I feeling happy? Am I feeling excited? What they usually are finding out is they're feeling a lot more stress than they ever really imagined. 
they kind of thought, well, maybe I'm just feeling busy or I'm feeling hurried. Um, but they're usually finding that there's a high amount of stress and there's a high amount of anger or resentment. And these are the emotions that actually surprise them the most because they think that because they have kids and because they're married and certain things are happening, they think that they're happy. They think that they're feeling happy or that they should be feeling happy. But when they actually have to answer this question and anger and resentment come up, they're like, oh, no, (laughs) I didn't realize that I actually am feeling a high degree of resentment on a daily basis. And that's really insightful to them. And so I think that just taking a few minutes to think about that, it can kind of just give us that little peek into our own lives. If we're feeling resentment on a daily basis, imagine the effect. Like you were talking about the butterfly effect. I often have talked about it as the ripple effect. If you're feeling resentment every single day, think about how that comes off and how you show up to any, you know, um, experience, even with your kids or your neighbor or someone that you're talking to on the phone. If you're all like feeling resentment a lot, man, that is having its own ripple effect. And it circles back around. Yeah. And as a, as a husband, you can feel that. And I think it's a wonderful thing when you can start talking about it in a way that makes sense to both of you. And the, the freedom that comes with that and the enlightenment and the understanding and the compassion that opens up on both sides when you're able to talk about that. Because as a, as a husband, it's, you know, like you're supposed to read my mind, but I can't read your mind. <laughs> That's the running joke between me and Nick. I am the mind reader. I'm supposed to be the mind reader. Well, I think it's that way for you know a lot of people. You know, we the accountability that comes into play, it changes everything. Yeah. And you know, from a from a man's point of view, you know, we're going to think about the world a little bit differently. And look, there there are certain responsibilities that. We traditionally have, and there's all kinds of variations of that. But when we are living as individuals and having a natural tendency in this fallen state, this imperfect you know, human state, we have a tendency to blame and to find fault and to, self, to justify our own bad actions because, you know, because of something someone else did. And you, know, that, you talk about adulthood, right? Emotional adulthood and spiritual adulthood, all all these things that are, that are true, but even as adults, you know, to get to that place where you are really thinking clearly about things as they really are. And as soon as as you're able to have an impact on things as they really are and actually make changes that have an effect immediately on your relationship. Now, all of a sudden you're able to move forward where you know, we might think we're moving forward, but if we can't get to that place where we're really thinking about things outside of the illusion that we've created through that self-deception and through those those blaming, that, that heart that's blaming and at war, whether it's a mild war, you know, just like a little tussle or like a full-on world war, it doesn't matter. Things can improve and it's beautiful and it doesn't mean everything's going to be just perfect all of a sudden. 
But now all of a sudden, you, you know, the things that you, you go through these periods of time where, you know, you don't even talk or you give each other a cold shoulder, all the typical things that happen with marriages, those things become much shorter. And also you're able to grow through those experiences because now you realize, hey, my hands aren't clean here. Yeah. Well, I think it's so interesting too, because as I work with women and help them understand their, how their own arousal works, right? We, a lot of times women, we're not taught this. And so if we are having negative thoughts and feeling resentment on a daily basis, I mean, let's get real. It's going to be really difficult to feel in the mood when you're constantly full of anger and resentment. That's a huge, that's a huge leap to try and just say, okay, now get in the mood. Right. And, and it's so, a huge difference between men and women. Cause I think most men can go to the intimacy to escape those things. Right. Right. And, and that's why men are more drawn to, you know, even to pornography and some other things. I'm not going to get into that, but when it comes to intimacy, it's a lot easier for us to use that as an escape from our stresses for, for most women or many women. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but it's hard to turn those things off. Right. And so it's like, you know, it's this battle. Yeah. It's the internal battle. And I think for most women, I mean, the ones that I've coached, we can talk about all the things that are going through our minds in while we're in the process of being intimate with our husband. Like it's definitely, we usually cannot turn that off. It's a lot harder to while do While he's that. being intimate with you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm. <laughs> and so, I mean, it, it, it lends to its own cycle of why we may not be desiring it is because we're somewhere else. You know, it's not an escape. We're not in the moment of intimacy. We're still working on our to-do list and mad that it's not done. Can I just make one comment here before you continue? Yes. Because I'll just say this from experience by going through this process myself. Yeah. Those things I just said about men and women, I think, are true at times. But I think that as we go down this path and as we're on this journey, from a man's perspective, I will tell you, I realize that I don't need to use that as an escape or an outlet as often as I did. It's not just sex, right? Like it, it becomes more emotional because the balance in my life is better and I'm living my life with more intentionality and with more balance so that I'm not as stressed. And I'm also a lot more aware of where you are and what I need to do, not because you gave me a list, but right. because now I'm more responsive to you and your true needs. And so I'm much more interested and you're able to, we're able to communicate. So instead of me just thinking, Oh, well, you know, what isn't, what's your problem? You know, yeah. they just thinking that you want it like I do and you, or you should. And if you don't, then there's something wrong with me. Or something or, wrong with or me. Or something wrong with you. Right. Then, you know, look, life isn't perfect and it doesn't, it's not, it's not going to be perfect in this life. Right. But I'll tell you, like, our, our life is ever improving because 
we're able to take our strong spiritual convictions. And even in those convictions, when we have questions about our faith, we have the ability to think through it differently and to, to figure out, you know, what the, you know, what the truth is about this and, and to, to not be fooled into thinking something that just isn't true to be better critical thinkers, but to take those, those, those beliefs and to, and to adjust them in a way that just makes them more powerful. And I love that. I love how this has affected me. And I know that because it's affected me, it also has affected you. But the way that that happened is by you not giving me a list, right? but by focusing on the things that you could do and how you could think differently and how you could respond to your emotions differently. It is awesome stuff. Yeah. I love that you pointed that out because I think this is initially this concept can be a struggle, right? Because I think we do want the list and we do want to be able to check it off. And it's hard to say, don't give a list. <laughs> I got, right? some, I got some things I want to add to that list. <laughs> right. But I love that you're, I mean, you are saying this because it has happened to you yourself. Like, we are the product of this program. It's legit. You're not just saying this. And you can see how transformative it actually is when you're not just handed a list. Can I add one more thing? What yeah. you said is absolutely true. But this process is not easy. No. In fact, when you start discovering some of the truth, it's terrifying. <laughs> It can be because I think most of us think, "Oh, I'm a I'm a good person," and you know, I I'm like, I'm this this this. I have my little checklist of like whether I'm being a good boy or not. Yeah, I can, I can totally check off that. You know, my whether I'm worthy or whether I'm living the commandments or right. those things, right? And I can check all those boxes, but it, when I start discovering that there were a lot of other boxes there that weren't even there. Yeah. That were holding me back from becoming a person that was actually on a path towards true wholeness, even though it's still far away, but I know I'm on that path. Getting on that path is, is a haunting, disturbing thing because you realize that you're doing certain things that you didn't know you were doing. Yeah. And you realize it, like I realized certain things I was doing to you that I didn't even realize that I, I had no idea. And now all of a sudden I realize what a problem I was for you, but not because you're telling me that, but because I'm discovering that in my own experience and then I'm able to change. But that initial step, and it's a continual reality, yeah. Yeah. is I am ever discovering new things that are troubling to me and you know it's it's hard to measure pride and it's hard to measure like there's there are there are symptoms of those things yeah right but usually we measure like the major symptoms or like the sinful symptoms but there are things that are subtle that have huge impact yeah and as i've been able to to go through that process of oh my gosh i am i'm not where i thought i was I'm now able to go through that work and I'm grateful for it because it has real traction, not only for me personally, but also in our marriage. Right. 
Well, I love you said. I love how you said that it can be like kind of haunting and daunting at first, and that it's not easy. But I love that you can. It's worth it to you because you see the effects. I love that you said you can see the traction, and I think that even just adds to your desire, my desire to continue on the journey, not to just be like, okay, look what I discovered and now I'm done. Yeah. But it's to keep moving forward because we want even more traction. Okay. So I talked about some of the, um, you know, the top three emotions that I kind of ask in the beginning when I start working with somebody. So um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the high performance coaching that you do and some of the process that you start off with. But before you jump into that, I know that this is going to be a question that comes up and I just want to make sure we address it because this is the well-known program, the high performance coaching. High performance Institute. Yeah. And so I, I want to make sure that we also clarify this for the women, especially when we're talking about the concept of marriage and intimacy that high performance doesn't mean right like the number of times we're being intimate like all of a sudden that's like the goal is to get a high performance number like we're trying to you know reach a certain number because i think well, this is our minds could go there this isn't even referring to sex or you know right. this is high performance isn't like oh you know how how long can you go right this is this, this has nothing to do with that. This has, a, it's, it's kind of like the way of being underneath behavior. This goes much deeper than the, you know, the intimacy on its own, right? It's part, that's part of this, but this is a very holistic um, approach. And the high performance refers to, well, I'll just read a couple things. Okay. Yeah. So this is, this is just a quote from Aristotle. And I know that, you know, not everybody reads Aristotle, but I like this quote a lot. And anyone can relate to this. Uh, he said, excellence is an art won by training and habituation. We do not act rightly because we have virtue or excellence. But we rather have those because we have acted rightly. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. And I... I love that quote because we we become who we want to be, not just automatically because we we will it. Right? Just wishing for something is just a wish, right? Dreaming for something is just a dream until you do something about it. And that is truth from a lot of different perspectives, right? You've got to you gotta do something about it. But Another, just another ex explanation of what high performance is. Here's another quote. It's, this is from uh, Brendan Burchard, who's uh, one of the founders of this. He said, the desire to maximize potential and performance is one of the greatest motivators of the human spirit. Philosophers, scientists, and personal development leaders, and I would even add to that religious leaders, have long sought to understand the attitudes, behaviors, and traits that enable people to excel, succeed over the long term, and make the most of their lives. 
However, despite their mutual interest in the topic, little has been done to synthesize efforts across the fields. So, yeah, there's a lot of fields and there's a lot of experts and there's a lot of theories and all these things. But the thing about the Higher Performance Institute that I love is that these, these areas that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about, we're going to talk about, we're going to have a conversation about these, these areas of focus have been proven to be indicators of high performance for people who are successful in their lives. And these are people anywhere from, you know, high level executives, you know, running, you know, multi-billion dollar organizations or, you know, people who are just, you know, they're doing their job every day and, you know, going home and making dinner for their family or their mothers or just in their personal lives and meeting the goals that they set. It really is how successful are people what do they need to focus on to meet their goals in general? Because again, back to behavior, I can just say, I'm going to do this thing now. Like all of a sudden I'm going to put a smile on my face and I'm going to speak with more volume because that's what so-and-so said about, you know, how to influence people. Well, okay, you're doing that, but you know, you're not focusing on you know, where you're really coming from or why you're doing it or what's your purpose. Um, you know, how are you going to maintain that if it's just an act, right? We have so many masks that we wear, and that is not how we become an authentic person. Realizing that we wear masks in different situations, even with our families, in our marriages, with our children, with our friends, realizing that and changing that is, is I think, really where we can find huge amounts of joy. And so this... Institute is based on empirical evidence throughout many, many years, and it is a very practical approach to, you know, kind of balancing how to become a high-performing individual. And as a husband, I want to be the highest-performing husband I can, and that's, you know, the intimacy piece is a very small piece of that. Um, well, I shouldn't say the intimacy. The intimacy piece is huge, but the sexual part of that is very small. Right. It's like, I, I, I don't know. I hate this. I hate this comparison, but it's just the only thing I can think of right now. But, you know, I love baked things like cake and stuff and cookies. And I love ice cream too, but ice cream is not my favorite, even though it's your favorite. <laughs> I, favorite. I'd rather have the cake and the ice cream, right? Right. And so when I think about a sundae, I think, you know, the ones that have like a brownie in it. And I, I love a brownie sundae with some vanilla ice cream and some hot fudge. And, you know, there's a cherry on top. And, you know, we can just eat the cherry on top and just be done with it. And we can just kind of, you know, whatever. Or else we can enjoy the sundae and then eat the cherry. However we want to do it, it doesn't matter. But the sex part, ultimately, at the end of the day, that whole sundae is the intimacy. The cherry is the, the sex and it's kind of like the... Hopefully it's the end part, right? I think that's the goal. But there's so much more than that. And so as a high-performing husband, and let's just, I don't know, I might make some of you feel uncomfortable with this word, but I say a lot of things that make people uncomfortable. (laughs) A high-performing lover. (laughs) I, like that starts so far before the bedroom. And it it even goes to how I'm living my life at work. Yeah. It goes to how I'm living my life with my health and how much energy I have, how how much I'm able to deal with my stress. All of those things 
they don't go like those things don't go away but how i'm managing that and how i'm thinking about it makes all the difference in the world because when i get home from work or else when i'm whatever right whenever we're connecting i am going to be a different person for you to respond to if you're responding to somebody who's just all stressed and just wants to get laid because he wants to escape and that's the only reason I'd like, come on, let's go. I'm in the mood. It's such a one-dimensional thing. And, and then once it's over, then I'm stressed again. Right. But if I'm living my life trying to balance it by using real tools that make the things that I really believe real in my life, and I'm balancing not just how I'm shaking someone's hand, whether it's firm or not, or whatever, and I might be doing a hundred different things with my behavior to help me at work. But what am I doing at home? Again, I can change my behavior when I'm home. When I get home, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to go and I'm going to wash the dishes because I want to have sex. Well, what's the what's my purpose, right? My purpose isn't it shouldn't just be that. And and I'm built that way. And, you know, as men are built that way, right? There's a lot of reasons for that. And women are built that way too, but in a different, in a different, I guess, a different perspective. And so if I, as the husband, can live my life with more intentionality and more balance and more clarity, and I can understand who I am a little bit better and what my place in the world is, and if I'm unhappy to have the confidence and courage to make whatever changes I need to make, and to live when it's time for us to be connected, it's going to be a different thing for you. But I'm not doing it just because of that. I'm doing it for a lot of other reasons too. And so I think there's a lot more authenticity. There's a lot more genuine um, care and trust. And I'm going to be in a place where as part of that balance, I'm trying to understand my place in our marriage and as a father and those things. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to look at your life that way and to do things for reasons that are beyond just what my needs are. Like I I, I don't like to eat like fancy big meals. I I, I like it, but it's I not, do. I know you, you, you like it, but like to me, I just want to eat and be done. Like I right. eat fast and to me it's, you know, but at the same time, part of this should be enjoying a meal more than I do. And that's something that, you know, I think will come, you know, with, with this process, but you can, you can compare this to everything in your life, but ultimately what it comes down to is, is your relationships will improve when you're focusing on the things that drive your state of mind and the way that you're responding to your the stimulus around you so again that's just a, a little bit of a taste but really what we do both of us do and, and, and in combination it's to help people have some of these discoveries and you don't have to have all the discoveries right it's one step at a time yeah but the minute you learn some of these concepts and have the reality and I think that's why the, the science is what it is, right? The statistics are what they are you know, for, for this type of help. You don't have people in coaching for long periods of time like you do with therapy. This is to help people with different situations, but ultimately as they start to learn who they 
who they are and what their triggers are and how their brains work, you don't need to do this forever. And, you know, for the rest of your lives, you're going to have tools that will, will help you and help you reconcile the differences between you and other people and to give you motivation to help those relationships go better and help things go right. Yeah. And I love the concept of, you know, in all honesty, when, when a person starts making these discoveries for themselves, this awareness about themselves kind of comes to the forefront um, and they start using these tools, like they're going to realize how empowered they are because they're going to also at the same time realize like the answers are within me. They're within myself to make this situation better than it is. Mm -hmm. If I want to feel more connected to my spouse, now I know how to do that because I didn't understand this thing before. Now I do. I have this new, these new skills, this new awareness. And my coach doesn't have to tell me what that intimacy is because they've given me the tools so that I can discover that. And I think that is so awesome. Okay, but I want you to dive into some of the questions okay. from your, from the high performance coaching. I've mentioned this before, um, just the the areas of focus. Um, there are there are six areas that are really important for anybody to to at least approach and to have some awareness of. The first one is clarity, and this comes down to really understanding what what your purpose is when you wake up in the morning, like what's your purpose today? You know, what are, what are the things that, that you are going to do and why are you going to do them? Right. So be clear about a lot more than that, but like generally speaking, you want to be clear about your existence, right? Why do I even exist? Like, what am I, what am I trying to do? And so I'll read a couple questions here that go along with this. And this is part of the assessment of somebody, you know, when they're starting down this path in this coaching process, so first question, you should write these down because I think these are good questions for anybody to ask themselves, whether you, you know, want you know, help from us or not. Who do I want to become as a person? And what do I really want right now in my personal and professional life? Right? Ask that question, take a step back, really think about it. I'll tell you right now, your initial responses are going to change. Because that's the whole process, right? You're going to change you know, what you think your answers are. And you're going to be surprised as you go through this process. But you know what you think your answer is. So consider it and write it down. The second question, what areas of my life am I lacking clarity in and why? Well, maybe there's something that you're confused about. Maybe there's something that you're doubting. At least address it. At least identify it to start with. And then the third question under clarity is, what do I feel absolutely certain about in my life right now? Right, so you've just asked three questions that you know, give you some more clarity as far as things that you think and the things that you perceive in your life. There's a lot more where that comes from. So that's the first section. You want me to keep going? Yeah, I just want to say one thing because I think this is so interesting um, when it comes to marriage and intimacy right because when i start working with a client it's usually a wife who is very frustrated and wants the intimacy to be better 
but there's often some of this, um, maybe there is a lack of clarity, right? Like they want it, but they don't exactly know how to improve intimacy, right? They think they know, well, if they just, if my husband just did the dishes, then I'm going to be in the mood, right? But as you start going through this process of trying to clarify, you're probably going to discover and uncover that it's much more than just the dishes being done. Because guess what? When the dishes are done, you can find that you're still not in the mood, mm -hmm. right? So it's a discovery process. And so I love this concept of clarity that as you go through the process of really trying to answer these questions, like you're just constantly discovering more about yourself. And the whole idea of coaching, and this is why I think it's amazing, is because the the principle that underlies all this is agency. Right? Yeah. You're you're never gonna be told by either of us what you should do. Right? We're gonna recommend certain things and 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 challenge you to do certain things, but those are the things that you're gonna bring up that you say you want. Yes. Right, it's not going to be like my idea. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push you and coach you for your own dreams, for the things that you say you want. And if you want to change those things, great. Yep. This is this is advocacy of what what you want, and um, and then there's sub questions that are always going to come up, right? Like if if I'm picking up on something that I know that you really want it, but then you kind of change your mind because something else is happening in your life, and I pick up on maybe some blaming thoughts. I'm going to push. Yeah. And, you know, even if you're not, even if we're not one-on-one -on -one doing this coaching, which I think most of the time it's not going to be one-on-one, -on -one. there's, there's going to be a lot of awesome online courses and, you know, um, you know, group coaching and things like that, that are going to be helpful no matter what. But the tools really are, the beauty is in the questions and it's in your own answers. And those that are the most sincere and have the the greatest desire to to do the work that needs to be done are the ones that are going to have these incredible life-altering experiences and discoveries and the miracles that are going to happen are going to be of your own doing yeah not mine not shelly's we're just going to help you find that that opportunity want me to keep going yes next section is energy physical, mental, spiritual capacity to really get the things out of the way that are holding you back from some of the work that you need to do. And it's pretty practical, right? There's a lot more than these three questions, but here are the three questions. Yeah. Do I have the physical vibrancy and stamina to accomplish my goals and feel energized about life every day? I just I have to stop because as a woman, I'm ordering, because we've talked a lot about resentment, right? You're, you're perverted. <laughs> I'm like, if I'm resentful, oh, you know, multiple days in a row, think about how exhausting oh, that is. It is draining to have anger and resentment. And then if we're talking about energy and how much energy it takes to be intimate for the woman. Well... I guess that's, that kind of depends. <laughs> for me, I use a lot of energy. But to truly be, for you to be intimate, like, unless you just like shut yourself off, right? Right. 
And yeah. so if I'm drained all day from anger and resentment, man, the even the thought of wanting to be intimate, I mean, for the energy that's going to use, that, that's a hard thing. So it's like, it's all really connected. I'm loving it. It's this. very connected. And the second question to you, you know, shows that even more. What are the major factors causing my current level of energy and how could I improve? Yeah. Ugh, so sick of my kids. <laughs> They're just, I'm chasing them around all day. I've got a toddler that is pulling knives out of drawers and, you know, whatever. Um, he started a fire today. I mean, whatever it is. Right. Third question, what would I have to start doing and what would I have to stop doing to experience more energy in my life? Right. There's, we know what we need to do when it comes to like eating right. Like, I know when I'm eating pumpkin pie after pumpkin pie, I'm going to feel like crap. Right. But I know that if I'm eating right and I'm exercising, I know that that is going to be a big part of just my ability to reduce my stress, to raise my energy. It changes my mood. There are things that I know I need to do and there are things I know I need to live. Now, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you know, you got to be in perfect shape. Like, that's not what we're talking about. No. Do your best. Live your life. Don't get down on yourself if you make a mistake. But there is a direct impact on your energy and how you're treating your body, mind, spirit, all that. And we'll get into that. And I got awesome tools and ideas and suggestions to, you know, customize for people. Yeah. And, you know, to, to customize it in a way that's not overwhelming. It's not like, you know, we're going to do like PX90 or whatever it is every day. <laughs> Right. And if, you, and, and if you want to do that, awesome. I need to do it too. But this is, this is a big part of this. The next, um, I'm going to speed up a little bit. The next category is courage. And this ties in with fear, right? There's a lot in this section about the fears that we have that we might not even realize that we have. And we go through really deep assessment of what those fears are. But it's also about being you being spontaneous, being able to accomplish certain things that maybe you're worried about what other people might think of you. you know, like we're not looking to like put you in a situation where you're going to embarrass yourself, but having courage in general is a good thing. And in the relationship in marriage, having the courage to be able to have conversations about certain things is incredible because once you get past that initial step, the floodgates open up, I think, in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. So let me read the questions before you comment. <laughs> you can see that you're I'm like, ready to You're comment. ready to pounce. <laughs> Question one, where am I stepping up in my life right now? Number two, where am I backing down in my life right now? And when I think of that, it's like, what am I avoiding, right? What are the things that I'm avoiding? Number three, what level of confidence do I have in seeking my dreams? And what would give me even more confidence? So again, it's whatever you answer, right? So every single answer is going to be different with every person. And the way that this is structured is to follow you down this path, but to help you reconcile reality in a way that opens the doors of joy. Yeah, that's so good. Um, when you were talking about courage, 
I hadn't really thought about this for this episode, but it's just coming to me so strong because sometimes, let's be real, what you were saying before, like some of these discoveries can be surprising even to ourselves. When we're realizing, hey, I didn't even know this box existed that I need to check off or I didn't even realize that pride was here and that maybe I need to work on this. Um, but I love this concept of courage. Um, first, the first thing that came to my mind was courage to get coaching, right? Because it's to take that first step to say, you know what? I'm just, I need some more skills and that's okay. I just, I don't have marriage skills. I don't have thinking skills in a way that is going to take me down this journey to move forward and get that traction and progress. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And so I was like, you know what? It takes courage to take that first step and get some coaching. And I just love that idea. But then to take it to the next step, to even have courage with yourself and courage with your coach. Mm -hmm. Because the more courage you have to say, this is the real, ugly, messy thoughts that I'm having that I don't want to tell anybody else yet. Like that real deep honesty, that takes courage to kind of fess up to, to really say, this is what I'm really thinking about my spouse that, right now. That might be the topic of our next podcast. Maybe, but I'll say this. When you're able to dig deep with that courage and say, this is the real thought. I didn't want to tell you at first. I was holding back. But this is the real thought that's deep and ugly. Man, that is where some huge transformation takes place and you know what it feels amazing mm -hmm. people think it's going to be the scariest thing to admit that deep ugly thought but man once you do you're like oh wait a minute now i see what's happening it's it's a game changer so i love this concept of courage and for everyone listening man just have that one little drop of courage to take those first few steps and it can just go such a long way okay and these questions aren't like complicated, but they're deep if you approach it the right way. Yeah. And so I just, I, again, I encourage anyone who's listening right now, who's like, oh, I'd, I'd never like go and do this coaching program. Hey, take these questions, take what you can get out of this. Awesome. If it helps you, then I am grateful, but I'm telling you right now, it would be worth it for you to go through this. It's unbelievable. The next section is productivity. Okay. Yes. I'm sure you can imagine what some of these questions might be. But here we go. Let's see if you're right. <laughs> Number one, where am I crushing it in my life right now? Nice. You can use a different word if you don't like the term crushing it. Mm, I like it just fine. In terms, so where am I crushing it in my life right now in terms of getting stuff done effectively and efficiently? And I think a word like crushing it, it's like, seriously, like, what are you really doing well? Yeah. We're all doing something well. That's awesome. Let's, we're going to talk about that. Like, don't, don't hide from that. Like, take credit for the things that you're doing great at. But then, where am I being sucked into distraction? Oh, that's a good one. I think all of us can experience, have experienced this, right? We have so many things around us with technology and media um, and other things too. Like I was just telling Shelly today, like 
there's a lot of things that I do that I think are really productive. Like, I like learning about different things and I'll spend a lot of time, you know, like watching YouTube videos about different things. But you know what? That can suck me in and I got to balance that. And I can, I can do too much of that. I know that. Now, how much I'm going to cut out? Well, I don't know. Because I can pretty, I can justify it. I can justify that time pretty easily. Okay. What do I need to do in order to be three times more productive in my personal and professional life? We should, we're, we're going to be specific, yeah. right? I think it's important to be specific and you have to be able to measure the goals that you set. Okay. That's for productivity. Any comments? No. Okay. Last one, influence. Yes. Everyone wants to influence other people. <laughs> and even your spouse. You know what's interesting about this one? There are some very popular books written by a very famous author. And how to in, how to influence others is like a huge topic. Yeah. Right? Especially in self-help. And people are always interested in how do I how do I get what I want? How do I influence other people? And as a husband, as a man, how do I influence my wife to get what I want? <laughs> but one of the things you'll notice in these questions, but but as you get deeper into this, it is not what you expect. Right. Because this is true influence, not manipulation. We do not teach manipulation. Manipulation is bullcrap. Yeah. And everyone does it to some degree or another. But this is this is going to be at your own pace. Like how much you want to learn on how to truly influence people is up to you. But there's two sections, two sessions on influencing other people. And I think you'd be blown away by how awesome it is and how genuine it is and how loving it is to truly influence people. You know, you think of the great teachers that we've had and, you know, for me, I think about, you know, my savior and how he influences, right? It's loving. And yeah, there's boldness and justice. There is no doubt about it. Let's be real. Like there's consequences to your actions, but the way that we, we influence people doesn't need to be tricky. Right. I think any spouse can feel an agenda or manipulation a mile away. Totally. So here, here, three, here are the three basic questions that I'm going to share today. There's more. <laughs> There's a lot more. Yes. But you're getting a taste. That's right. Number one, do I have the level of influence I desire with my family, friends, coworkers, and those I lead? Do I? And that can go both ways, right? You might think, oh, yeah, totally. Like, you know, they look up to me and, you know, I'm, I'm a great example. But you might realize down the road you don't have as much influence as you actually think. Or you might think, no, nobody listens to anything I say. Right? So whatever it is, it's just it's good to be aware of that. Second question, what areas of my life am I lacking the influence I need to accomplish my goals? I think that's a really... Fabulous question for marriage. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is just, just let's just start the conversation. How could I become more influential? I think a lot of people might start that off in one way and realize pretty quickly, man, that's why I'm not influential. It's not going how I thought. It's not going how I thought. So anyway, there's a, there's a taste of just how to approach this. The, the questions are super important. And the follow-up questions are super important and the tools that go along with this and the, the way that these areas are parsed out and, and how 
we help that individual dive into this is incredible. But I just want to make one more statement, and that is the combination between this kind of practical approach that is very deep, and there are many parts of this that do talk about the psychology of the mind and having control of your thoughts and how that impacts your emotions, etc. The combination between you and how you're approaching this and then the you know, kind of a little bit more straightforward, practical approach that then combines that. And at the right time, for those that are interested in improving your marriage, I really hope for those wives out there that want help, they'll they'll focus on their work. And as, you know, whether you invite your husband or whether they see kind of like my experience where I saw the impact it was having. Yeah. I wanted to learn more. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. But it, it might be more it might be easier for you to invite them to to join the process if it's coming from me rather than Shelly in a maybe a little bit more um holistic approach that is maybe a little bit more practical. Uh, but they're still going to get the same kind of coaching. And again, this is not, this isn't manipulative. This is just the way it is, right? Yeah. There's just, we're just being practical. And I'm going to come off differently than Shelly is. There's no doubt about it. And I just think that it's, um, it's really important that you realize that this is an individual journey. And it always will be to some degree. But in the marriage covenant, we do need to become united. And I think that's our goal. And if we don't become united, it isn't going to fulfill those dreams. And I do think that men have dreams that they don't even realize that are more in line with the way that a wife thinks about it. And I think once you start to come together in your thinking and your feelings and the way that you approach intimacy and how you're raising your children and all those things, it is one of the most incredible things that will take us farther in our learning and our growth and development than anything else on this earth. And it is, like I said at the beginning, it is the way that we conquer the things in this world that are, that are going to be thrown at us in our communities and our families. We're going to have challenges that I don't think we can even comprehend. And families have always been important, but families are under attack. There's no doubt about it. And anybody that wants to email me and have a debate about that, I'd be happy to, you know, in a, in a loving way, but I would, I'd like to learn why you don't think that. But I, my guess is that you probably agree. So why not take the time right now and do everything that you can to improve your marriage? Because that is what's going to help you improve your family and to strengthen your family and to strengthen other people. This is the time and look, we're not ready for a bunch of people to come and like want a bunch of coaching right now, but we will be soon. And it's something for you to start considering. And I hope that you listen to these podcasts because they're going to build on each other. And you don't want to miss next week because I've already decided we're going to have the podcast about those dark thoughts. <laughs> and I'm can, I'm just committing my own dark thoughts. You can you can 
you know, I think you might you might be surprised at some of the things that that we'll share in in this, but I think that's going to be the podcast. And Shelly, if you want to edit this and yell at me like you never do, but maybe this will cause you, but there these are going to be really helpful. And so I hope that we can keep you uh, engaged and help give you some things that will help you. And then when the time comes, when we have some some next level coaching ready to go, which should be in the next couple months, that you will be eager to join in to that because we all we all need to be better at this. Yeah. Well, I something you said I think is a great way to kind of finish out this episode, but you said dreaming is just a dream until we do something about it. And I think this is so true. I, and this is why I really just loved the concept of being dream advocates. And especially when it comes to our marriage, when we spend a, just even a little bit of time trying to improve our relationships and starting with our marriage, all of the other aspects of our lives start to improve as well. We just start to feel better, even if it's just one thought at a time. We start to feel better and our lives start to improve. And so I know that as we take those moments to have the courage to take those first few steps to challenge our own thinking, challenge why we're thinking certain thoughts that bring us pain and negativity over other thoughts that could be so much more beneficial in our lives. I know that as we start to do that, we are going to start to discover more about ourselves and we are going to have the desire to improve even more. So I know that as we improve this type of intimacy within ourselves first, that it will improve within our marriage. Thank you so much for joining us today, everyone. And I hope you will join us again next week. Bye for now.